I'm thinking I'm hot. All black gon' roll up, sneak in the spot. It's a rap, hope y'all ain't thinking I stop. Cause I won't, I ain't leaving yet. I need a check, grab your keys if you need a jet. Back, it's the Bocho Boys over analyzing things. Your host, CG, joined once again by JD, you already know Joe, and Hub. The four of us are ready to bring you some exciting topics, some controversial topics, and some back and forth between just guys that know each other and know each other for a while. Hub, I got to point out, for what is Fat Beats? I see the shirt behind you. Uh, you got a lot of things going on as far as fonts right now. Mm-hmm. Joe also has some fonts, mm-hmm. but we'll touch on that in a second. But you got Fat Beats, we got We Are Massive. You got a lot of things going yeah. on right now in the studio. Yeah, so, so Fat Beats is the legendary kind of like hip hop shop. You buy a lot of DJs went there to buy vinyl and stuff. Just you you should be able to find some really good like independent underground hip hop. It's legendary. It was only two stores. Or I'm sorry, three. I believe it was London, LA, and New York. And this is from the LA shop on Melrose. And we are massive is uh, a friend of mine's uh uh startup uh clothing line. <clears throat> So yeah. we are massive.com. Check it out. <laughs> Man, you are always bringing the creative stuff. Always. I've got Mandatory. nothing but a terrible background behind me. JD's got the usual family scene. He's not going to throw the green screen up today. But Joe, let's talk about your backdrop right now. I mean, I I want to know where I can get family and love those placards because I've never seen anything like that before. I really haven't. Where you can get what? Stuff like this? The family and love. I don't know. You got you to ask the wife, bro. Uh, I think Hobby Lobby is the spot. Hey. You, yeah. The, for, the, the store formerly known as Pier 1, RIP Pier 1 Imports. That's right? Yeah. That yeah. This is probably on some clearance rack somewhere. And, uh, you know, I, I just felt with what's going on, uh, it's best to show if anybody ever does watch it that uh, this is a family and, and it's all about love. You know oh, I, mean? I love that. Yeah, Way yeah, to yeah. spin that and make that. Uh, make that happen for us on the boat show. Don't forget to follow us on all of our social media. Look for at the boat show uh, wherever you are on our social media platforms. Hub, if you want to remind people, because I know you're kind of driving the ship on the social, uh, let people know where they can find us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've kind of took a backseat on the social last couple weeks. Didn't feel it was too important to plug our show. So we'll be getting back into the mix of it coming up here. Uh, and that is Instagram. Twitter and Facebook, all of them are at Boat Show Team. Check us out. Follow, like, subscri- subscribe, all that good stuff. Also, uh, we we need your help. Subs- uh, subscribe to Apple Podcast and Spotify to check our uh, page out there for Boat Show. Had a couple people asking me about subscribing, so I think we're going to get a few yeah, more man. of those clicks right. on those subscriptions uh, to the Apple Podcast, iTunes, and also Spotify. All right. Uh, lots going on controversial-wise across the country, across the world. Uh, we touched on it last week, and James, your words were heartfelt and well-meant, and uh, we appreciate you, Hub, and Joe of course, as, as of well, and, and all the words that we spoke. And we're not going to get too much into controversies, but we do want to kind of talk about uh, uh, an issue that has come up, and it's come across the board, not only in sports, and it's the Confederate flag. And maybe it's also statues and 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 really symbols that don't bring up a very uh, pleasant past for many people, uh, especially black people. So when we're talking about Black Lives Matter and we're talking about sports and how sports have related to everything that's going on, uh, lo and behold, we kind of find a surprise entry in that NASCAR makes a, a massive statement uh, from one of their drivers. And Bubba Wallace uh, comes out and, and basically across his interviews on, on whatever network you're watching, and listening to, he says the Confederate flag needs to be gone. There's no need for it. Uh, and immediately, almost immediately, NASCAR uh, banned the Confederate flag. And I think it's it's really a sign that, and, and there's been quite a few chuckles because the, the NASCAR fan base is a different fan base than some of the other sports uh, because it's predominantly a, a white Caucasian audience. And so uh, this means a lot 
to where sports are going that I've heard other shows talk about. If NASCAR can do it, uh, really everybody is making moves at this point. So uh, it's a hot button issue, but I think it's steps in the right direction. I feel bad for Bubba Wallace in some respects that it kind of falls on his shoulders because he is the lone voice right now. And maybe James can touch on that a little bit because he needs all the drivers to get behind him. And this comes off of the heels of Kyle Larson and his issue when he said the N-word on a video game. They asked for Bubba Wallace's opinion. Now they're talking about the Confederate flag. They asked for Bubba Wallace's opinion. Uh, it seems like right now he could take it on his shoulders. Is he going to be continue to be that voice or is he really opening doors now? for other African-American drivers to join the sport. So, J.D., I'm going to go to you first on this topic. I touched on a few things, but uh, Bubba Wallace, he's got the, the Black Lives Matter car. He's got the shirt. He's really speaking out. He's taken some strides, and he's helped NASCAR quite a bit. Yeah, well, I can relate to to being the guy that has to bring the black perspective, being the only person in the room, a person of color. So I totally understand that kind of duty or that that responsibility that you can feel that weight. Uh, but I am excited that he's actually trying to bring that to the forefront again. He he didn't wait, hesitate. He just straight up went went for it and just said, "Look, man, we got to do something about the flag. I'm not about this life. Let's uh, take that thing away." And NASCAR, to their credit, did it pretty quickly. And you could see online, I try to follow, you know, kind of current reactions on Twitter. And there was some black uh, celebrities, black athletes that immediately started watching NASCAR, which I thought was kind of hilarious. And they were like tweeting about it. Alvin Kamara was talking about, man, they're on lap 300. It's starting to heat up. So it does impact the black community. We like to recognize it happening and appreciate it. Now it's just a matter of what is it going to do to the rest of the audience that was there before. Hub, are sports changing? Uh, not only NASCAR and the way that they're moving, but we've talked about our sports changing. The NFL is now making a $250 million commitment and a pledge over 10 years uh, to Black Lives Matter and to, to different causes that are, that are working against social injustice. Um, are the sports changing and going in the right direction or is this just something that we're going to see the, the through the end of the year and then it's going to go back to maybe uh, some of our bad habits, you, you, so, to, so to speak, later on? Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, if if now is not the time to look in the mirror and go, OK, a change needs to happen, be it uh, depending on your business, be it small or large, um, then I don't know when. I, I mean, it, it, this makes all makes perfect sense. Um, and and first of all, kudos to Bubba Wallace for in, in being the only representative of his race, I think. And to it's the easiest thing to, would be to just sit there and, and not say anything and just ride the wave and just keep being a professional driver and just keep going. But but he had the stones to stand up and say, nah, man, this this is not this is not what it's about. We need to get rid of the flag. And and I think it takes it takes the right type of person to be able to stand up and do that and have the courage. Mm -hmm. So I would like to think it's changing. I also I also um, believe that uh, if we don't keep going down this path it's going to be easy once this pandemic is over and people get back to to regular life to just kind of let it fall by the wayside so i'm hoping that's not what happens i'll throw something at you real quick though. yeah do you think it's going to affect the sport like do you think they're going to lose fans because of this yes i do i do i think they're i i don't know I, the the here's the reality i don't know the the numbers of nascar i know a whole shit ton of people watch nascar um but i think it's going to be like a, a quick thing, like the, a, a bunch of people are going to stop watching. And then after a year or a few months or whatever, they're going to start watching again because they're NASCAR fans. You know, Joe, where do you stand? I know you watch a ton of NASCAR in your off time. So 
<laughs> your thoughts here. Yeah, it's going to change the Sunday barbecue for sure. Uh, um, you know what? Kudos to NASCAR for uh, taking proper steps and doing it rather quickly. Actually, um, usually in a large organization like that, there's proper channels that need to be uh, taken in order to make something like that happen. But let's be real. Um, there's no place for that in a public setting. Um, I may say things a little bit controversial here. If you want that at your house, you know what? That's part of living in America, unfortunately, and fortunately. So if you want to put that stuff up at your house, um, you know, that that's your right. Uh, but doing it in a public setting where there's money being made and where there's advertisements and you're trying to uh, continue your fan base, grow your fan base, make more money for your sport. Again, uh, Mr. Wallace is doing a fantastic job being the voice, which I'm sure is uh, the last thing that guy wants to worry about is having to give interview after interview. And he, when he's got to focus on going 200 miles an hour on a turn and not crashing. And um, so, you know what, he's done a fantastic job in that. Um, good for him and good for NASCAR. Uh, hopefully that will set some precedent for uh, other sports, like we said earlier, to make some necessary changes. And uh, also uh, I'll touch real quick on the statues. I know we're going to get into it, but statues to me are a little bit different. Uh, those usually tell a story of what happened at that location uh, and what went on. And it's a part of history. Um, just like when we were in school, um, especially now uh, our grandkids are going to be, uh, reading about what what was going on during these times and it's very important to document these things and sometimes statues document what went on there and it teaches somebody a lesson it may not be a good lesson but it's still a lesson nevertheless and it's something that everybody should be mindful of and just being able to go to face a statue or take it down uh really takes away the history of that that location and that place and how that place became to be and, and it's actually a good timeline to show this is where it started this is where it is now and look at the changes. So, you know, that's where I stand on all that stuff. Yeah. I kind of, I, I'll kind of agree there to an extent. I just wonder is a statue that it doesn't need to be there. I mean, it, it's a, it's an existing symbol uh, of, of, of some really unpleasant things in, in many people's minds. So you could have that in a book. You could have a picture of a statue in a book and you can teach those lessons. And I, you know, I, I don't quite understand that, that, you know, how can they be tearing these things down as part of a history and it teaches us a lesson? Uh, I don't know. JD, I'll go to you because that's a, that's an interesting one to touch on the statues yeah. as far with, as those are concerned. With the statues, like, you know, if I'm going to Whole Foods, I don't want a reminder of some dude that wanted me to be stuck in chains. You know what I'm saying? I, I'd rather the statues come down. Like you said, if it's in a book, you read about it, you learn about it, that kind of thing. But I don't want it in my face if I'm, you know, casually in my neighborhood. I think that's different. And we were talking about sports changing and the NFL is really trying to throw some money at this. And, and, and that may be the appropriate response. But it seems like and I'm going to go to all three of you real quick. It seems like bringing Colin Kaepernick back is going to start to heal a lot of wounds and start to be, be, be some real strides in, in the right direction. Uh, should Kaepernick be back in the NFL hub? No, why would he want to be back now? I mean, what are we, what are we talking about? He, he tried, he, he, he did a workout for everybody. He's went on uh, countless, uh, to countless training facilities to work out for teams he and and all that's been held against him this entire time is kneeling. So now that because Roger Goodell gave some half-ass statement about how they're okay with the protest now because they're feeling all the pressure from everywhere else. Now, if if he gets asked to come back, 
and he actually does come back, I will lose all respect for him, man. Just write it out now. It's enough is enough. Be done with it. You did what you did. Continue doing all the philanthropy efforts that he's been doing throughout this whole entire process. If anyone has any question about if he's walked the walk, go ahead and look it up. Just Google Colin Kaepernick and you'll have a myriad of things to look at. And and I say, be done with the NFL, man. Just move on and, and do your mentoring and whatever it is that's going on now. Fuck Joe, I'm going to go to you. You've been kind of critical of Kaepernick from time to time. I mean, you know, what, what do you think? Should he should he be back? And is this going to start to solve some problems? Hey, man, if that's how the guy makes his living and that's his ultimate dream, um, if he's good enough to make a team and that's what he wants to do, you also can't fault somebody for uh, continuing and pursuing their dream. I know if I were in the same situation and I was a baseball player and I had an opportunity to come back, regardless of what I said or what I did, at the end of the day, that's his passion. That's his love. Um, I don't think it should be held against him if he wants to come back. Again, uh, is he good enough? That's not for me to decide. I, I'm not in that boat. Um, and, and I'll touch on the kneeling again. Um, I understand what it was about. I think there's just better ways to do it, uh, you know, and I think there's more impactful ways to do it. Not too many people see that. You know, it, it was brought to light based on, uh, you know, after – afterthoughts and stuff showing after the game. Um, I, I want to pose this question back to you guys. What would it look like if the first play of the game was uh, some sort of thing where, you know, the ball snapped and the entire field takes a knee, um, something like that. You know, I, I think there's more impactful ways to do it to where you're not going to piss off a certain amount of people that think that they're disrespecting the flag and what the flag stands for and what our country stands for. Um, I think they're, there's a lot of smart athletes. They could come up with ways to make it even more impactful. So when you have all the viewers watching, everybody's looking first play of the game, everybody's excited. And, you know, it's one of those things where, Hey man, we're all going to just kneel down here. And, and that's something that they could do. That's impactful. That will get their, the, their storyline out there without pissing off somebody who may be looking at the disrespect of the flag and not at what the message is. I just think that might be something that, that could be done. What do you okay. think? Finish off this topic for us. I need to say something after JD. Go for it. Uh, anybody that takes a knee doesn't care what people think. First of all, the reason they're doing it is because of those types of sentiments. I think that's personally, if I'm taking a knee and I'm in the NFL or something and someone's mad at me for it, then you know, they're basically just going against everything that that protest stands for. And, and people, People have said that before. I think it's one of those messages that, you know, people just don't want to hear. But the truth of the matter is, is that people have already decided whether or not they want to agree or disagree with a person taking a knee. So, you know, whether they choose to do it or not is really not going to change uh, people's minds about a policy. I think what they're doing is they're just going to continue to do that to remind people that there's still a problem here and they're not going to stand down. That's really the, the big issue. If those players decided not to take a knee just because a, a group of people were complaining about it, then what does that say about the integrity of that person's beliefs and those kinds of things? I think that's why they're they're really committing to it. And then it, going back to that, the NFL maybe bringing back Kaepernick. Like, what are the optics if the NFL actually does wind up offering the guy immediately after protests? I mean, how crappy does that make the NFL look? I mean, it basically just proves the point that he's been making for years that they literally just blackballed the guy. And now they're just pulling a 180 just to feel good in, in the moment because there's some protests. I think that's that's garbage. He should stay away from the league. So, yeah, the, I think the disrespect of the flag is complete. I, I don't agree with it at all. And here's here's part of the reason why is the very that's not the very first thing that Kaepernick did. He didn't just kneel. And then that was it. That, but he was sitting down. 
And a military veteran told him, if you want to make your protest during the national anthem and not be disrespectful, kneel. So here's what happened. He made a protest, found out that somebody thought in the military found it to be possibly disrespectful, changed it to a more a respectful way of protesting deemed by the military veteran. So it's a little convoluted to me to just grasp on to this song and kneeling during it being disrespectful when a military veteran suggested him doing it in order to not be disrespectful. And that's all I'll say on that. All fair points there. And we're going to pivot just a little bit and move towards a different topic uh, here on the boat show. Good, good feedback from everybody as always. But we're going to talk about Reggie Bush, USC. We're back together. We're getting the band back together. We were hugging it out. Everything is solved. Uh, I think we need to get fired up a little bit more about this topic because USC has basically done an about face on this. It's, it's amazing that it's been 10 years um, that this separate. How old do we feel right now? But uh, the Bush push. Everything that he earned, his Heisman trophies, uh, everything that he lost based on uh, basically not taking care of the guy who had taken care of him and his family during the the college days. Uh, he had the university turn their back on him. Uh, they said they wanted nothing to do with him. He happens to now be an analyst on Fox. I'll double check that. But, you know, he's he's well known. Uh, he had a decent NFL career. And now USC is saying we're going to end the, the disassociation. And now we're back with Reggie Bush, and, and we're all on board. Number five, welcome back to uh, the Trojans, and we hope that we're going to see you on the sidelines, and we're going to see you throwing up the victory sign. Joe, you're ready to jump in. Go ahead. Hey, man, this just shows you the train wreck that USC has been on uh, since Uncle Pete basically dropped a line all the way to Seattle and lit the match when he got there. Um, what a disaster for this university. Uh, you can't make a stand like this and put blame on this guy. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, never mind when uh, you guys are a 500 ball club. If they were winning national championships still and they did it, I think it would have more impact and there would be more of uh, media fair behind this with the fact that you said we should be more fired up and nobody really is because it's I think it's a sad play by the University of Southern California who is a, such a distinguished university especially when it comes to football uh, that all of a sudden now they're trying to make some news for themselves I don't know if it's a recruiting tool I don't know what they're I don't I would love to know what the what the sit down was when they said all right man now we're gonna let him back in is there is there more information that we're not aware of that all of a sudden uh, it's, it's come to light. And then if so, uh, let it be known. To me, it's just a sad play on PR. And uh, just like, you know, it doesn't compare in any way, but if caption go back to the NFL, why would this guy want anything to do with the university that basically drug his name through the mud and, and said, oh, no, now you're welcome back. Um, to me, uh, piss for play. The disassociation was a, wor a weird word for them to use because they're basically using some sort of legal soft term to basically say, welcome back, Reggie, and you're back within the family. Matt Liner was doing cartwheels and tweeting about this saying how excited he was for his brother to be back. So Reggie has clearly made it known that he wants to be back kind of in the fold and he wants to be on the sideline. And he wants to be respected. Um, this is also a university that had OJ Simpson, you know, attend their university. And I would assume there's some disassociation there as well. Uh, these are two separate things, but uh, this should have happened a long time ago. Now players are all going to get paid across the board for their likeness. So this really doesn't matter anymore in today's college football days. James, I see you shaking your head. JD, go ahead. No, I was just thinking about, man, 
I wonder if I could have gotten like $20 for being an NCAA <laughs> two, <laughs> but nah, it, you know, I'm glad I'm happy because, you know, I love Reggie Bush. The dude is the goat in my opinion. Like that is the most gangster running uh, and a college football player I had ever seen in person in my lifetime. And so to be able to see him go back, cause I know he loves the university and he should be able to, you know, throw up the deuces and, you know, show, show the victory sign and all that stuff. So Reggie Bush, USC super synonymous. Uh, Joe's right though, man. Like dropping this ten years later in the in the middle of all this, like how's that conversation going? And then that university's got so much stuff going on, even outside of the athletic department. I mean, they just brought in a new president. They've got all these scandals on the board, dude. It, it's just like so much drama going on over there. I don't know. Maybe this is them trying to figure out like something positive to throw out there so they don't look so garbage anymore. You're forgetting one of the biggest scandals that they've had this year was Aunt Becky and her daughter. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the, like, the, the, for the, real. The, the parents. Like, I even a... forgot about that. This is so much. I only got so much space in my head for USC, man. I Like, it's crazy. Like, all the stuff that they've been doing lately has been super negative, and this is the one thing that was kind of positive. But I he jumped remember, in quick. Hub, Hub, are you a big USC guy? Huge. Uh, yeah. Are you, so th- uh, so you, you're in love with this school, and you're in love with what they did, and you, you, you are so proud Time out, time out, time out. Hold on. What's happening right now? Okay. (laughs) I, I, I am a fan of USC. Yes. I am not a fan of what has been going on the last couple of years. I'm not a fan of them disassociating with Reggie Bush. And I'm certainly not a fan with them magically out of the blue, having some secret society meeting to allow him back in because it makes zero sense at all. And that is not to say that I don't want him back in. The point is he should have never been kicked out. This is so ridiculous. It is simply this. It is a PR stunt to like James alluded to this. And and this is what it is. They need some sort of positive news because all that's been coming out of there is scandal. And so they're hoping that the beloved Reggie Bush, who anyone who is a USC fan loves Reggie Bush kind of cushions the blow of all the other stuff and just kind of takes their mind off of all of it. And that is the reality of it. And unfortunately, Reggie Bush is is the one that had to pay the ultimate sacrifice and now is being used as this kind of like cushion to 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 take care of all the negativity. Um, but the real point is, is I don't care about him coming back or going or whatever the case may be. I just want him to get his Heisman back because he deserves his Heisman. And it's ridiculous that it was taken away from him. It's the same thing to me as pete rose not being in the hall of fame it's embarrassing and it needs to be given back to them so accomplishments matter whatever happens on the field is whatever happens on the field you don't care about the peripheral basically well you you can you can penalize him in whatever other way right but if he played 14 games or 13 games whatever it was that year and was hands down beyond the shadow of a doubt the best football player in the country how does the fact that he didn't choose this agent and so the agent wh- blows the whistle on him turn into okay you can no longer have the heisman it makes no sense it, it didn't affect his play on the field at all jd i see you doing th- some thumbs up i'll let you tie this off and then well, I, no i'm just i'm disagreeing with her man I'm, i have not i don't have much more to add to that i just think that it's really ridiculous when you vacate a trophy that's given to one player every year, like people are just going to just forget that it actually happened. I mean, it's just weird for the Heisman committee to just think that they could just remove that over something. I don't think is as controversial as people want to make it out to be. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And, and I think USC obviously had the hammer laid on them just because they were so defined in the moment. Like if they were just like anybody else that, you know, deals with stuff, cause there's been schools out there that have done a lot worse 
but they try to comply to some degree, then USC wouldn't have had all that stuff done to them. And it's just it's just crazy. Yeah. Joe, you've got something to add here. My question is, did I know it was taken away in, on paper, but they didn't come to his house. Didn't he say something like, come get it? And if so, I'm pretty sure he still has it. And if he he wants to come back, the first thing I would do is put a chain and wear it around my neck and walk around. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. A ludicrous chain. Yeah, yep. dude. <laughs> I, wonder if, I wonder if his Heisman is going to be put back in Heritage Hall. Like, are they going to just leave it there? I wonder if that's one of those things they're going to do. I don't know. Let's hope. <laughs> we'll see what happens there with Reggie Bush. Uh, now an analyst, good football analyst. And it seems like everybody from USC goes on to become an analyst at some point. Uh, a lot of these schools, it's like all the same guys. And then Manny Acho, did you see he just got a big job? And, and uh, you know, lot, lots going well, on. Well, USC there. has good analysts because uh, when they get to the league, uh, it's a different atmosphere, <laughs> apparently. So they don't do very well. <laughs> they got a lot of analyst candidates. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> For real though, <laughs> they're prime sub. They're, they're, they're prime uh, uh, prospects yeah. because yeah. They're, Matt, young, tell, they're younger. Matt, tell us all the things that QB did wrong. Yeah, you can relate. <laughs> 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 it's the boat show boys over analyzing things joe hub jd cg here with you we got one more topic to go it's the major league baseball season we didn't even touch on dabo we were going to talk about dabo but i know i had notes a, and everything we, did you have it i did you i know it's all good though dabo? it's all good it's we all could, good we could jump on dabo nah, real quick we got nah, some time no, jump on dabo. let's touch go. it let's touch it. on it touch on it let's joe do it let's touch on dabo let's let's do it let's rewind back just for a second we don't usually do this on the show but i think it's fair from a pr standpoint point of where sports are Dabo Sweeney has probably handled this the the worst from a PR standpoint that a coach could do uh, he wears the football matter shirt that was kind of a, a, a real big misstep because he's just not reading the room and understanding it uh, and then on top of the football matters then it comes out that one of his assistant coaches had used a, a, a racial word he had used uh, the word not directed at somebody, but just in the general direction of air. Uh, and, and that made it better, apparently. So, uh, he needs a good PR team because other coaches in the SEC have not, you haven't, you either haven't heard from them or you haven't seen kind of ridiculous statements. Hub, you've got notes. So I'm going right to you on the Dabo Sweeney mess. Uh, how has he handled this? What are your thoughts? You're shaking your head. Come on. Let's hear it. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, anyone who, knows anything can see how ridiculous this is to, to try and justify holding on to a a employee what however that term was used the simplest thing to do is to take that guy aside talk to him about it then go to the coach but to yell it out in the middle of a practice and then and then not even address the team about it which many players uh mentioned and then on to, to compound that with a backtrack statement as to as to why it didn't really count for using it. And then on top of that, to wear a football matter shirt in the midst of what's going on just speaks volumes to the tone deafness that is Dabo Sweeney. It is just it, it, I, it is it is hard for me to even fathom that a that a head football coach probably one of the top three head football coaches in college football with a predominantly black team who he's surrounded by young black players is able to be that tone deaf in this situation is, uh, is it alarming to me. I'm not saying he should be fired. I'm not, I don't know what should ha I just think we need better leaders in those positions in, in terms of social justice, because Clearly, that dude has missed the boat. 
JD, go. <laughs> hey, hey, if there's one institution that needs to come out publicly and support Black Lives Matter or whatever you want to say, just support the black community. It's college football coaches, man. That's about as close a parallel as you can find to, <laughs> to, <laughs> to slavery comparisons in sports. It's like the craziest thing. They're mostly white dudes in charge of a bunch of black guys. It's like the craziest thing ever. Uh, Dabo is lucky that he wins chips because that's how he gets away with what he's doing. If he didn't win chips, I would imagine that he'd be out the door a lot faster. I want to get one of those. It doesn't count cards in my house though, because whenever I do something, I never hear the end of it and I have to be held fully accountable. I want to be like wifey. It don't count, baby. I want to hold the card. So Dabo, send me one of those, man, because I need it for the house. <laughs> Joe, what do you got here on Dabo? Uh, maybe he's uh, channeling his inner Eddie Murphy and we're, and we're not getting it. And it, it wasn't me. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that. Here's my thing on this. So this dude wear, wears a shirt that's totally just almost a slap in the face publicly of what's trying to be said right now. But regardless of all that, it shows me two things. One, it's all about the four fingers up with two twisted in the middle. He wants that. wants the W's. However, he can get them. He's is now proven that. Two, I want to know. JD, you went through it. Chris, you would. I mean, there's people, these men are going into homes saying, This is why you should come to my school and play football. How is this dude going to have any clout? And who's going to let him in the door? I mean, without getting shot, because this guy's, uh, you better stand by and he better go with some armed security guards to get some of these dudes to hey, come play football at school. Let me tell you this quick story, bro. So uh, I think it was my second year at school. And uh, and we were we were done with practice and our coach is like, you know what? You guys have been working real hard. So we're going to bring you a nice gift. We just brought this table of watermelons for y'all to go eat. So we just want we want to give you all some some love. Go ahead and have all this watermelon. And so <laughs> so everybody goes over there. And I swear to you, dude, dudes was over there pretending to eat like 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 animals like show appreciate this watermelon boss. Thank oh you, son. My God. I was like, bro, this dude is super I, I was like, I can't believe this just happened, man. It was the craziest feeling, man. Awkwardness. Awkwardness for real. But that's everywhere, man. It's, it, but it, it's it's the weird dynamic of it. It's like you got all these young black men and you've got a lot of white men mostly even though it's changing a little bit that are in charge of them so it's just a weird it's a weird vibe man it's a weird dynamic there i have a feeling nick saban is uh sharing that orange juice that bill belichick has in the gif that's what nick saban's doing when he's watching all of davos actions right now he's just kind of like boy jesus (laughs) he's at alabama <laughs> Wait, but these these men are teachers of, of like what JD said. Young men, these, they're trying. You're trying to. Yes, we're all trying to young get the win. Men. Yes, we're all trying to. Uh, they're men. You know what I mean? That, let's let's be real. Everybody should be treated as men. I get that. There's labels, um, but that's also a part of what's going on here. We all have to put a, a, a term in front of man. They're they're men, right? Well, actually, they're boys. And the whole point of the coaching staff, besides getting wins, is to to, to make these guys into men that. Can go out into society because we know the percentages of how many of those dudes are not going to go to the NFL. So teaching a boy how to become a man, how to take care of himself, how to take care of family, whatever they got going on should be also, or is also part of the problem. So how is there any respect in that locker room? 
and and I'm surprised that the transfer portal doesn't have the entire squad in it that's, yet. That's that's part of it, man. You're right. Like you're right. There are young men becoming grown men, but you can't ignore the fact that they're black men. That's that's the issue. Like I, I totally get what you're saying, but you but you you have to acknowledge the fact that these are persons of color coming from a different background, different dynamic in their lives. They've got different ideologies, different understandings of the world. There's in a lot of circumstances, the kids that are coming out of high school, coming into college, uh, have to grow up faster because of the places that they come from, bro. So a lot of them think like grown ass men before they even get there. So when, when you have these issues where they feel like they're not getting treated like a man, then you have these weird dynamics. Dabo, like I said, is fortunate that he is like has basically taken the throne from Saban as the best college football coach right now. It's debatable, I think. Or he would be in some deep, he'd be in deep shit right now. I think he needs, of all people, being the guy that's the number one top recruiting class in the country damn near every year, he needs to be the guy at the forefront saying, I support this movement. I support people that are protesting peacefully. Uh, I, I support, you know, this young group of men, these black men, and I respect their lives and I think their lives matter. Well said. Davo's got some work. We'll see what happens here in this upcoming football season if we even have college football. I mean, Hub says we're not even going to have fans in the stands. So uh, if that doesn't happen at Clemson football games, I think heads are going to explode. So we'll see what happens there uh, in the upcoming college football season. The greatest soap opera going on right now uh, in not only just sports, just across the board in, in the world is what's happening with Major League Baseball uh, and and what is happening. Now, I will say it seems like as we're doing this podcast right now, they're getting closer and closer to an agreement. Uh, but this has gone on. I mean, I can just run down the list. But there, uh, you, you're talking about May 16th. There's some safety protocols. Then May 18th, the owners are claiming they're going to lose 640000 per game. Uh, May 20th, the players start reviewing the, the, the safety proposals. Then the MLB presents a formal proposal. Then the players send it back. Then the owners don't like it. Then the players don't like it. Then they send it back. Now the media starts getting a hold of it. They start getting upset because why? can't these guys come to an agreement um it's keeping baseball writers in work because they're doing plenty of work and following this uh it seems like the sweet spot right now is around 70 ish games for the season at some prorated salaries but there's some people starting to really side with the owners on this because the owners are the ones that are losing the money because the owners they they never encountered they never prepared for baseball games without fans is that the player's fault no it's not is it the owner's fault it's also not the owner's fault but we're at a we're at a time right now where everybody wants sports something golf is back on mls is back on major league baseball had a real opportunity to be the first one out the gate and be there in front of everybody they couldn't make it happen and now they're they're becoming the laughing stock of all these professional sports uh i'm going to go to you guys on kind of this whole rundown of where mlb is how back and forth they've been are we even going to see a resolution because i'm not so sure anymore i i, I thought they were going to play uh, i'm not so sure they're going to play anymore because it just seems like they're too far apart. Uh, Tony Clark uh, looks like he's aged about 20 years during the negotiations because the Tony Clark I remember was a, a slugger first baseman, you know, and now I see him and he looks like an older man. But uh, Joe, you side with the owners, I think. So I'm going to go to you first on the owner's perspective on this whole deal. I do. I mean, I get where the players are coming from because it's their livelihood. But here's the thing. They're one of the few sports that their money is guaranteed, right? It doesn't matter. You can go out and and blow out your elbow and on your first day of your $100 million deal and all $100 million is going to you. These guys need to take, take a step back and realize when you go to a game, 
and there's 50,000 people in the stands, that revenue is helping pay their salary. Yes, there's TV money, but but there's parking, there's revenue, there, there's all kinds of stuff that goes into it uh, that is no longer coming into an owner. As a former business owner, uh, you need money to pay. I mean, no one's going to go broke just so uh, Mike Trout can hit a baseball this week. I get it. I get where the players are coming from. But for 70 games, uh, to either suck it up or, sh- or like Hub said, for, for uh, basketball, shut it down. Uh, it, I get where some of the players are coming from. Hey, you're on the last year of a deal. Maybe you're coming up on free agency. You don't want to go out in, in a 70-game season, blow out a knee, and now all of a sudden you got no contract for your next year. So I get where the players are coming from. But because it's so far apart, they need to shut it down because there's no way an owner is going to lose money just to put a product on the field. It doesn't make any business sense at all whatsoever. Uh, they need to just scrap it. They had their opportunity months ago to, to, to uh, be in the forefront, figure it out, get with the players. It's too late now. What the hell is 70 games going to do? Uh, and at the end of the day, when there's a winner, you already know what's going to happen. And our luck as Dodger fans here, some of us, the Dodgers will probably win this year. And then for the rest of my life, when an argument, I'll have to hear, well, it was only 70 games and all the other crap that people are going to say. It, it, it's got bad news written all over it. Um, call the call the loss. Uh, take your L's. Uh, and plus, who knows what the TVs are going to do? Are they going to get their full revenue for this year? And only showing seventy games. I don't know what any of that looks like. So, uh, in my opinion, and this is yeah. and this is the first year that the Dodgers actually got syndicated on Directv. This is like literally the first year in years, which is kind of annoying. Yeah, I'll push back a little bit, Joe, here real quick before I move on. But the. the the players have been put in the position that they do have guaranteed money. So now it's it's kind of, at this point, their expectation. So when you're starting to tell them, okay, well, you got to take a pay cut here. you got to take a prorated salary here. We're going to cut your salary here. The players are saying nothing has changed for them. So there's really no reason for them to cut salary. I get what you're saying with the fans and everything else that's going on. But if a player went out there and he got injured, uh, what's his name? Jonas Cespedes? Very, 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 very good example. He gets paid full value no matter what. If he plays one game or if he plays 162 games. So I think these players have have gotten so used to that, that that expectation is there. It's very hard to pull money out of somebody's pocket and say, we're not going to pay you that anymore because it doesn't substantiate. I understand that, but... There was also 162 games being played, which means there was 162 revenue opportunities for an owner to then cut that check. However pissed off they were, that's what the players fought for and got. But if you're not going to play a full season, especially with no fans and no additional revenues coming in that these owners are used to, I get it. They're all billionaires. It's a billionaire boys club, but they all got there for a reason. They're all businessmen and no one's just going to take a loss just to put something on TV. Plus, Again, we don't even know. Okay, DirecTV, like James said, I'm so I was super happy. Oh man, I get to watch the Dodgers. I haven't watched them in what four or five years. Boom, this is okay. Let me ask you this: So, is DirecTV or whoever pays the Dodgers are they going to get their full salary? Because if it is, then that's a little bit different story. If all the networks are still giving the full payments. Then, then maybe the players do have something to stand on, but still chopping off every other revenue stream that they have besides, you know, besides rep, besides the the apparel sales and hats and all that stuff, which I'm sure is going to be down if no one's going to the damn game. Because you see how long those lines are. People wanting to buy the newest hat, the Fourth of July hat, and the this hat and that hat. Um, yeah, for double the money. Exactly. So with no none of that money coming in. Um, 
they blew, they, they blew it here. Just shut it down. Uh, you know, maybe they could start baseball early. I, I don't know. To me, there's this is a lost cause. The, the TV argument is an interesting one because the PGA Tour just came back yesterday, the, thir- the Thursday first round. The, uh, this is when we're recording it on Friday, but the, the first round was free to watch across TV. The second round, you have to purchase it for $9.99 on PGA Tour online. So it, it, huh. you come back now to your professional sport and the second day you're charging people to watch your sport, it's going to make people really upset. And so if baseball ends up doing the same type of thing, it's going to make people upset. I just, I just, I just did a like a mental somersault because in my head when you said that, I was like, oh, let me let me catch it. I want to watch some sports. And then when you said it costs ten dollars, I'm like, oh, never mind. $9.99, not ten dollars. Uh, you talk about asterisks and, and the Dodgers. If they did come back, they may have that asterisk when they win the World Series, uh, presumably. Hub, I know you had a point on this because you think a certain team has benefited from this closure and really would benefit from this whole season going away and i see you dancing yeah, with yeah, yeah, the yeah. fat bead shirt behind okay you want me to just shut up go ahead yes, go please. go ahead so here's here's all i care about okay this is i i grew up on baseball i played baseball joe and i developed a, our relationship as friends by playing on the same college baseball baseball team so i have a deep deep passion and love for baseball okay but i don't give a flying f about this season and i'm going to tell you why Shut it down, period. Get rid of it. I don't want 75 games. I don't want 70 games. I want. I don't want 80 games. I don't want 100 games. Okay? I want to shut it down because this is what I want to happen. Next season, I want 162 games with packed stands of fans screaming at the sorry-ass, shitty Astros, pitchers throwing balls at them, like record number of bean balls. I want pandemonium so that the Astros can feel the full wrath from the fans. They don't get let off the hook with 70 games and no fans screaming at them for the bullshit that they pulled and the shitty ass World Series that in my eyes doesn't count. So I want 162 full games with fans so the Astros can feel the wrath. If I don't get that, I don't want the season. Yeah, but if those games are in Houston, the fans are going to be giving them a standing ovation because baseball's back. And look at here we are. That's We're great. So Eighty-one games then. Fine. I die, uh, eighty-one <laughs> games. Okay, Chris. Eighty-one games. Hey, it's yeah. still one sixty-two. A team's still going in there. You think uh, an opposing team's not going to want to roll into Houston and yeah. throw up a dude throwing a hundo saying, "Hey, check this cheese in your neck, fool." I mean, it's going to happen. So it doesn't matter where these yeah, dudes the, are playing. The players haven't forgotten. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I. I can't. I can't do the asterisk seventy-five game season. It needs to be 162. The the Astros will not be let off the hook. I won't let it happen. Uh, who, well, if you so if you're going to a game with your family and you got the kids and you're going to watch the Astros play the Dodgers, are you are you part of the boo crowd? Are you booing oh. the Astros? Oh no 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 no! I can't let the kids see me like that. Are you kidding? What's wrong with you? <laughs> no, it's it's just a it's called a life lesson. Hey, it's yeah, called a life lesson. You just I'm say, a- "Hey, son. Hey, daughter. Hey, whomever." So what's going to happen here is this gentleman that you see standing on the mound, six foot four, two hundred and twenty-five pounds, is going to reach back and he's going to throw as hard as he possibly can. And you see the other man with the helmet and the bat. That man's going to get hit. And then there could be some sort of squabble that takes place after that hit. And this is a life lesson to teach your kids. 
Uh, you, know, then you, can, you can, it's absolutely yeah. a thousand percent. consequences and repercussions. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, you <laughs> reap what you sow. JD, okay. do you want to see the MLB season come back? Are you, are you through with it? Do you, could you care less? I mean, you just, I want you... to just so that I have something else to watch. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. I mean, we're all clearly, well, I speak for three of us. We're clearly Dodger fans, uh, the way that we're talking about them not being yes, on direct TV. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? Uh, but it's another thing. It's another option, another kind of moment where I can get my mind off of what's going on around the world so I can root for something for, for a change. If there's one thing that I don't mind being an opponent in is a fan for a sports team. It's like one of those healthy ways to disagree on certain things. So if that's the way that I can get my like rah-rah mood back into something that's a little more relaxing where I can talk mm -hmm. some trash to somebody else, I want it to be through sports, man. Because we're talking about it through race, we're talking about it through politics, and it's just getting exhausting. It's frustrating, even, man. Even the dogs are pissed off. You know what I mean? I feel you. Even my dog, oh, even my dogs are barking. Even, even the dogs can't it's even safe. understand what's Chris, going on. Chris, even here. your dog hates the Astros, okay? Even your dog hates the Astros. Well, I do live in the Houston area part-time right now, but yeah, I will be going to some Astro games, and I will probably be purchasing some of the apparel items I have. Oh, and I uh, My no. wife enjoys the Astros. She's starting oh. to root for them, but on top of that, I'm a Yankees fan, which is oh, just an even, uh, I guess, a, a more a, a bigger How struggle can you, for you be guys. a Yankees fan and an Astros fan? Hey man, I like. Yeah, do you win. remember that like Jose Altuve walk off on a two one pitch where he sat on an eighty four mile an hour changeup <laughs> after he faced three hundred and three mile an hour fastballs? Pull that out. And he just shit on one in the left field fence. Yeah, you, you just that you're good with that. No, no, I, I'm not saying that I root for the Astros. I'm just saying I will go to Astros games. So I shouldn't wear my Giants hat next. You can't do that either. Is yeah, that you cannot <laughs> wear a Giants hat? You know that, Joe. I didn't. Well, I wasn't sure because. If we're going to start rooting oh, for you teams thought the rules in the same change division. I don't, I don't know. Maybe there is a, a, a you know a moratorium on how yeah. you can root for squads. Maybe I don't know. I didn't I'll tell you if I if 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 there is less than 162 games as a Yankee fan, I know how our strength and conditioning program works. About half the roster is going to be injured in the first week of the season, and they're not going to play the entire season. Yankees so fan. you're going to have the, the minor league Yankees out there. Good. Uh, uh, playing Born and raised in L.A. Yankees fan. Yeah. You got Aaron Judge. I root for Aaron Jenny. Good for good for you, bro. Yeah, that's California right. guy. So's John Carlos Stanton. There we go. See? Yeah, that's Stanley great. Valley, right? They're we Yankees. Got, we got two. <laughs> we got They're Yankees. Two. Well, we got I don't care about that. Okay, bro. Thanks, man. Thanks for the stats. Life life experiences of John Carlos Stanton. <laughs> Should have picked a different podcast, not one with three Dodger fans. Die that's hard facts Dodger right fans there. And, and, you know. That's mm -hmm. big facts. Big facts. Before we end the show, what do you think, NBA? Final final thought. Are they going to play? Lakers, are they going to hoist the trophy? It looks like they're close. It looks like they're going to play. Don't you don't care. care. I don't, know. I don't care. Okay. I, I don't just care. I want to know if the government is going to be able to keep the Space Force name because Netflix got it <laughs> a lock. <laughs> <laughs> and they're really trying to come after it, dude. They're, they they're should saying, show that on TV. That'll be a good battle to watch. At least it'll be entertaining. It, can you even imagine the courtroom in that? You have like movie stars and stuff uh, in there, Netflix arguing with NASA and whoever. I mean, we have an it's, amazing it's a, Space Force. Yeah. Yeah. We have an amazing Space Force. It's our name. I think Elon. I don't know if I'm Kennedy. I think Elon Trump. would do that quick little sidestep like this to try to go to the other side. He'd be like, uh, yeah. I think Twitter would be blowing yeah. up. He's hiding in that the would back. Be, that would be a very awkward debate because musk and trump have very different speaking styles oh, man. God. yeah if they went oh, back and forth oh, wow. that'd be so strange topic really for another day. 
topic <laughs> for another day. It's the Boat Show Hub. We can't leave without a song. What do you got for us? Yeah, uh, in light of the last couple of weeks, one of the most uh, touching and, and genuine uh, talks or speeches that I heard was from Killer Mike. If you know who Killer Mike is, he's a rapper slash activist. He walks what he talks look him up if you haven't seen the speech where he was with the mayor of atlanta it was about two weeks ago it's eight minutes long watch it it's incredible in honor of killer mike i want to play uh i want you guys to listen to a song off their brand new album that just dropped last week it's called rtj4 he's part of the group called run the jewels killer mike and lp and the song's called yankee and yankee and the brave so please check it out uh support killer mike he's one of the good ones man love that from uh, joe go ahead what do you got no, I was just going to say that song is not about the Yankees, Chris, so don't get excited. Uh, but it is worth the listen. Yeah, yeah it's fire. Nice. JD, we love you. I'm going to go ahead and give you the last word here. I have no last words, man. I'm chill today. I'm, I'm ready to wrap this baby up, man. <laughs> get it to the people. <laughs> the Chappelle. The Dave Chappelle. You can finish with That's that. That's true. Yeah, he, that. he put out something on the sneak, man. It's called 8 minutes, 46 seconds, which yeah. is the amount of time that uh, the police officer had his knee on on George Floyd's neck. It's about a 27 minute deal. And I feel like Dave Chappelle is one of the greatest speakers of our generation, let alone comedian. And that dude communicates messages in a way that I think is really compelling and gets people to listen. So if you do have some time, check that out. It's on YouTube. Facts. You guys are the best. It's the Bo Show Boys over analyzing things. Check out the show. Subscribe. Listen to it across all of our social media platforms. Uh, check it out on Q Time Productions. Go got it on Spotify and that Apple Podcast on iTunes. It's the Boat Show. We are out of here. JD Joe, JD Joe, of myself. Go Yankees. We'll see you guys next time. I'm thinking I'm hot, all black on roll up, sneaking the spot. It's a rap, hope y'all ain't thinking I stop. Cause I won't, I ain't leaving yet. I need a check.